0: hello and welcome to another weekly update and live stream from the freedom broadcasters on this week's panel we've got myself chris from mind wars we've got roy from awakening podcast we've got steve from waking nation and we've got grace from quantum nurse and this week's special guest is joy warren from uh, coventry here in the uk and joy is going to cover the topic today basically all about fluoride and all the, the dangers the hazards got to do with fluoride itself why a government worldwide anywhere might want to actually add uh, fluoride to the water itself in the first place. We'll cover topics such as uh, lobby groups, interests, NHS for decades, trying to push the narrative. All the people you might think are for your so-called health are actually, shall we say, on the opposite ends, ends of the actual spectrum itself. Also topics like why it's never, or it has never been proven safe or effective. The legal side of things, is it a food, is it a medicine? There are just so many things that we're going to get through today. So before we jump into it, joy welcome to the show
1: thank you very much for asking me
0: <laughs> you're very welcome on what i want to get to first is so you had your awakening back in early spring i believe 2003 when you were at a conference in coventry itself i believe it was friends of the earth and that was your kind of awakening moment in itself can you talk us through that what happened but i know the year previous before that you did an environmental science degree and what built up to where you were coming from there onwards. Can you talk us from that stage onwards, the background and kind of, well, the journey you've been on so far and literally,
1: as your bio says, it literally has changed your life forever. It most certainly has. I thought I was in for an easy retirement when I left work in 2010, but nothing like that at all. Yes, I got my degree with the Open University in 2002, and I belonged to Friends of the Earth. So I went to a talk given by Dr. Diane Phillips, who was an anaesthetist who lived in London but moved to Coventry to join um, what was then known as Walsgrave Hospital. Um, she almost immediately became ill, and her colleagues couldn't work out what was wrong with her. And it, she had a horrible two year journey of her own. Um, and then she finally discovered that she'd got hypothyroidism that's low thyroid. And um, that was at the same time when she found out that she had been drinking fluoridated tap water, which she hadn't been drinking in London. Um, So she stopped drinking the tap water, got herself a whole house filtration unit and gradually got better. And then one day she put in filters which were not correct, which were not taking out the fluoride and she became ill again. Once she discovered that she got the wrong filters, put in good filters and her health got better again. So this is a really classic way of um, determining what is causing your ill health. Um, She then uh, eventually moved to Derbyshire, which is not fluoridated. And I think she's a consultant now. So uh, this um, set me going. Now, I didn't believe it in in 2003. It took me a whole year to research and to find out that Diane was perfectly correct. And I have been an idiot not to believe her. But you do do your own research. You have to check these things out. And having a scientific background, yes, I don't take anything for granted. So there you go. Um, I've been at it now since, <laughs> since 2004. And every year I say it's got to come to an end. They can't possibly continue this idiotic uh, practice of adding a toxin to our drinking water. But it's still going on. And now the government's getting even stronger in favor of it. We don't know why, apart from the fact we think it's to do with the dental profession. We can move on to that later if you want to.
0: Yes, yes, that's what I want to ask you, because um, just myself and yourself on the panel are the only ones here from the UK at the moment. And just before we get into the other side of things, talk us through what, because a lot of this is going on through the back door while everybody else is worried about the whole covid circus theater show shall we say on wheels going around all day every day and talks us about they're trying to pass this through within the next couple of months i believe it's spring of uh, next year is the kind of final date shall we say and in the uk for many people who don't know it's it's not it's only parts and sections of uk that has fluoride in the water itself but of course the the lovely government shall we say the lovely corporation or fraud corporation that they are they're trying to obviously push through 100 percent fluoride in all of the uk's water within the next couple of months and pass into legislation can you talk to us a bit on that and update us where are we along the road on that journey as to where that is is coming at the moment
1: okay so in in the UK before laws can be enacted you have what are known as white papers then green papers then a bill and then an act and then regulations so it's a long process and it started two years ago the, uh, the white paper, we were asked to, to comment on what the role of water companies should be in regard to water fluoridation. But well, it was a very stupid question, which sort of deviated people's minds away from the real um, principle. Um, of course, there should be no role of water companies to fluoridate because they're supposed to be providing us with potable water, not medicinal water. So the bandwagon's been moving now for two years, a little bit delayed by COVID. Uh, At the moment, um, in March, uh, the select committee looked at it and didn't do anything to to, uh, remove certain clauses to do with water fluoridation. It's now at the bill stage and got through Parliament in two readings without any amendments. And now the committees are looking at it uh, line by line to make sure it's it's, um, legal. So we're expecting uh, any day now for them to start looking at clauses 128 and 129. And these are standalone clauses in this bill. uh, And they are determining that um, the government will take responsibility for all new water fluoridation proposals. And they will take responsibility for going out to public consultation. And they will take uh, responsibility for paying for the capital equipment and the revenue costs. So the local authorities, who've been having a hard time of it since uh, they they took it over in 2013, will will now be cut out of the loop. So once we get the bill passed through the committee stage, it then goes to the House of Commons to be enacted or to be voted on. If it passes, it goes to the House of Lords. And the Lords can actually say, we don't like this, this, and this, and they can send it back to the House of Commons. And it can go backwards and forwards quite a few times. Uh, But in practice, it'll probably only go backwards and forwards once. Once once it's enacted with clauses 128 and 129 intact, um, the Department of Health and Social Security will set to, with their legal um, advisors, um, to, um, to pass regulations which um, go through another committee. Um, That's not voted on by the Houses of Commons and Lords. And the regulations will just tie everything up into t- nice little tiny packages and knots. That's gonna happen probably springtime, possibly summertime. Sometimes it takes two or three years for regulations to be uh, drawn mm. up, but um, I think they'll probably rush it through.
0: How confident are you of, the, of it not going through, should we say, and, and what are the, um what are the works in place at the moment i know there's petitions and stuff being signed and all that as well but how much is there a groundswell of movement in the background that are obviously fighting tooth and nail to not have this gone through and do you see it now more so than ever in the last 17 18 years or so that you've been on this uh roadmap shall we say or this journey
1: this journey. Yeah. Um, Well, the uh, the first thing we've got to do is make sure that the petition gets to 100,000 signatures. And it's a third of the way there already after 24 days, which I think, as far as fluoridation is concerned, is unheard of. It's really very encouraging. So the first thing people like me have to do is to try and nudge it, make sure that people do know about it and do sign it. And the, the expression is to sign and share. And that's what we're hoping is going to be done. The next thing is we're hoping to get the clauses removed from the um, bill by submitting uh, requests to the public bill committee, which will be deciding it next week. Uh, if if they've had enough submissions, they might take, they might, I might listen. Or there again, they may not. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's just, we're just trying everything we can. And the groundswell of opinion, apart from the 33,000, um signatures we've got so far we've started a social group on telegram and we've got 600 members already which is nice. really good news um my own organization's gained about 50 to 60 members in the last few weeks again that's good um we all have to try and fight against it as opposed to accepting it or t- avoiding it um so although it's in it's good to um invest in filters water filters like distillers and reverse osmosis, the most important thing to do is to get everyone writing to their MPs to educate them. Because I don't think that the MPs who are newly elected, uh, who've been there only for two years, well, they won't know anything about the issue. So we need to get the MPs on board. And we're trying to uh, talk to the, the MPs who in 2003 voted against it, and to see if they would uh, now sort of rally around with each other and try and talk to other MPs who know nothing about it that's the legal side of th- doing things of course so we have other things up our sleeves and I'm not mm. quite sure I want to sort of discuss those yet at the moment but when we're, we're not not hopeless you know we're not sort of fl- floundering around we are doing something very very proactive
0: and I mean fluoride has never been proven safe or effective as we know they use it back in the in the Nazis back in the day of course a lot higher concentrations of as well to make them docile and you know less fight uh, against the regime and the system et etc cetera, et cetera. what if any at all what kind of a case is what are the government here in the UK trying to bring forward to push their reasoning for you know fluoridating 100% of the, the UK itself um why would that be so
1: <laughs> right so the, the main reason is there's no proof of harm. And they can prove it because they've done two monitoring reports with four years between them and they've never found anything wrong with it. It doesn't harm you at all. Well, (laughs) it all depends which books and fairy books, uh, fairy tales you read, I guess. Um, What else are they doing? Um, They're saying it's uh, effective at uh, reducing dental decay, but I think they're not looking in the right place somehow because um, right back in the beginning, Trendley Dean in the 1930s in America, he completely overlooked the fact that although um, the the natural level of fluoride seemed to prevent dental decay, they completely ignored the fact that that water had quite high levels of calcium. So was it calcium or was it fluoride which was helping to prevent dental decay? Well of course they opted for fluoride because the industrial and um, the industrialists, uh, Aluminium Company of America, Alcoa, they were desperate to get rid of their hazardous waste and they didn't want to spend money on neutralizing it. So um, they, they, with other scientists, they all colluded together to make up this wonderful fairy story that children living in um, Texas with, with um, buck teeth and you know, mottled teeth, they, 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 the decay was very, very low. And it's a really good thing to put in the drinking water. So they decided to add um, work out what was the, the middle point um, to, to prevent dental decay, but which would not cause mottling of the teeth. And they, they lit on one milligram of fluoride per liter of water. It doesn't sound very much, I know, but when you analyze it it's millions and millions of atoms in one milligram. Um, so it's uh, never been uh, proven that it's safe because it can't can't do that. We haven't done any clinical tests and there's been never any good um, uh, research into it. When we asked um, Health Canada in 2015, they said they had no proof of safety. And when we asked the same question of Public Health England in 2019, there's no proof of safety. They had no documents in in their organisation which could point to safety. And, you know, even though we know this is the truth, it's still being... Um, swept under the carpet now i've lost my track of thought here with your question
0: <laughs> no no you're all good because i know um i want to ask you something else before i actually do um pass it on itself is i think which is interesting the connection with mhra and is it a food is it a medicine <laughs> medicine scenario but kind of table tennis back and forth with that talk to the small bit on the <laughs> that part of it shall we say before i actually pass you on to Ryder?
1: is it drinking water is it food or is it a medicine <laughs>
0: What is it <laughs> or what are they <laughs> alleging it is?
1: <laughs> well, uh, MHRA says that it's food because they don't want to make it into a medicine. <laughs> and um, they're all sort of paddling very, very fast underwater and saying it's drinking water. Go away. But as far as we're concerned, the law is specific on this. The drinking water directive, uh, which was retained post Brexit in the UK, defines what drinking water is or what it isn't, in fact. And what it isn't is if it's medicinal water, like, for example, spa water from Baden-Baden or Bath, um, that's not drinking water. Um, And if it's bottled water, that's not drinking water either, uh, because it's in a bottle. So, When you look at fluoride, it's a prophylactic. It's there to prevent dental decay. Whether it works or not, that doesn't make any difference. It's put in the drinking water to stop dental decay. Therefore, it's prophylactic. It's a preventative medicine, and therefore it's a medicine. And we are not protected under the drinking water directive um, if we are harmed by fluoridated water. Um, And somebody else has said that if you find there's too much of a pathogen in your drinking water and you're fluoridated, The government's not going to haul you out, not going to help you at all because you're not drinking, drinking water. You're drinking a medicine. Right. So there's the argument that it's a food and MHRA, a lovely uh, medicines agency, says um, it's a food. Well, if it's a food, it's illegal because you're not allowed to add hexafluorosilicic acid to food. Yeah, not allowed to do it. It's, it's a, another European uh, regulation, which also has been retained post Brexit in this country. Although, paradoxically, sodium fluoride and potassium fluoride are allowed to be added to food. Um, the first one is sodium fluoride is for um, school milk, primary school milk. And the other ones, potassium fluoride, is what they add to uh, salt. To make it nice and fluidy. <laughs> so, if it's food, it's illegal. If it's a medicine, it's illegal because it's you know we're not getting any protection. Um, yeah, there you go. It certainly isn't drinking water, that's for sure.
0: Joy, thank you. I'll pass you on to Roy. Thanks, Chris. Um, was there not a
2: court ruling saying that it was a, a medicine?
1: I haven't. I'm not aware of it.
2: Okay.
1: No. Um, uh, I had
2: seen some, I had notes on that, that there was a court ruling on it. uh, Yes, I'm
1: sorry, I beg your pardon. Yes, New Zealand. And um, Lord John C. in um, 1983, he said fluoridated water was a medicine. And then New Zealand in 2018, the judges, a panel of judges said, yes, it's a medicine. Um, And it's also compulsory because it's very difficult to avoid it.
2: And could that ruling be used under international law <coughs> against the uk
1: yes i think so i think they have uh, precedents and they can be cited in the court of law
2: okay do you cooperate with other countries because i know i actually had the girl from ireland ashling she was fighting it for years and um, but it's still in the irish water well, like we've we've got fluoride everywhere Um, And I know there's a percentage in in the UK. Are you cooperating? And the same in the US, it's not in every state, but it's in some of the different states. Do you cooperate internationally to make yourself stronger?
1: We are getting that way. Um, We've all adopted um, a generic name of Fluoride Free and then the name of the country. So we've decided on Fluoride Free Alliance UK for obvious reasons <laughs> don't think about the abbreviation <laughs> um, and yes the whole idea is to sort of swap notes and to um basically encourage each other yes so that's new zealand australia and canada america um, i haven't reached ireland yet ireland's in a very unfortunate position because it's mandatory in ireland whereas in uk it's permitted
2: we might be able to try to do it under the EU ruling, because uh, I'm in Poland, it's not in Poland, so I'm sure there's some way, but it's just getting a group of people together is
1: the main yes. issue. You're up against uh, vested interest in the scientific community in the EU. Um, I mean, yeah, they would never have fluoridation in their water supply in the EU, although it's in Serbia and a little bit in Spain and, of course, in Ireland. Um, and yeah, and we were 10 percent in the UK.
2: So I also heard that because some people think by boiling the water that they're doing better for themselves because they tend to oh, boil the water, then let it cool down and drink it. But I've heard that it's actually worse to do that.
1: Well, of course, you're concentrating the water. Yes, you're having less water, but more fluoride. Well, same amount of fluoride, but less water. <laughs> you don't want to concentrate it. You can't do it that way. You cannot boil it. You can distill it, though, which is useful. So if you use a large, a large distiller, you can buy for about a hundred pounds and they're very, very effective. Um, Four hours to to distill four litres of water, quite expensive on electricity, but it's the best method. But you end up with flat water. So you add a little bit of electrolytes back into it to make it much nicer. Um, No, people think that it's um, boiling. It will help, but we have to try and disabuse them all the time. And then we get onto filtration and all those lovely filters that people have been selling all these years. And some of them have been telling porkies and saying it removes fluoride. But, you know, the faster the water flows through a filter, the less chance the filter will trap the fluoride. And the only really good methods are distillation and reverse osmosis, what is known as freshly squeezed water. And um, there's a there is a, a filter jug Called zero, which I haven't actually analyzed yet, but people say it does because the manufacturers do claim that it removes fluoride and the total dissolved solids count of the filtrate is naught. So it looks hopeful. I just want to get my hands on a sample.
2: <laughs> okay. well, excellent. And like, I know that the Irish and the English, we love our cup of tea. And I've only seen that on the website recently. I didn't realize that there was fluoride in the tea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so the, um, the older the tea leaves, the cheaper the tea, the higher the level of fluoride. So we've got some, some tea's got about five milligrams per litre. So that's not too good. And you may get up with fluoridated water. It's even worse. Uh, white tea possibly is a bit better for you. I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch any Indian tea. I, I have red bush from South Africa instead, if I, if the knee takes me. So, yeah, because yeah. I um, saw that on your schedule
2: ro- Robus uh, yeah, So that's what I have I'm drinking tea at the moment And when I read that but it's, The Robus <laughs> is the one I have set out at zero So I was feeling a bit better for women. <laughs> Well,
1: there's always the fruit teas, of course um, <laughs> but, no uh, it's, it's, I don't know how we managed During the war to, to beat the Germans Because we were drinking tea And then you think, well, tea was on the ration And there was no fluoridated water So it wasn't so bad for us in those days but now people drink four mugs of tea a day and that's really bad news uh so if if you have a brown a brown tea like sainsbury's brown tea and it's four milligrams per liter and then you've got one liter of um uh, one milligram of fluoride per liter of water that brings it up to five so you're always up to five milligrams of fluoride a day with four mugs of tea and the maximum you should have in any day is six well, you're going to have fluoride in your manufactured food and in your bath water and your shower water and in any liquids which are made in a fluoridated part of England, such as rugby. Like PepsiCo has um, Pepsi Max made under license by Britvic in rugby, which fluoridates its water at one milligram per, per litre. So it's really bad news. It did, And it's not declared on the label, of course, because they're just using water. Well, it's not water, it's medicine. But as far as they're concerned, it's water.
2: Um, recently, where I'm living, I've seen all the chemtrails. And it's like this part of Agenda 2021 and Agenda 2030, where they're basically poisoning the air, poisoning the food, poisoning the water. I.e., kind of collaborating with people that are kind of chasing the chemtrail because the reality is everybody's fighting their own battle you know you've got your team you're, you're building you're build, building your numbers and everyone's doing that and the reality is if everybody just came together and you know just stopped the whole lot because like you, you're fighting since 2004 and you know i mean that's around the world it's like we're we're kind of lo- a- a losing battle unless we're going to join forces
1: yes we need a hugely efficient social media to get us all together don't we yeah i don't, i mean also, I, the, I haven't got the answer to that because i'm not i haven't got a huge brain to work it out but i'm sure there are some people out there who are really getting to grips with um social media to to, to unite us all together and that, i'm doing my bit of course i'm actually contacting all the magazines all the um, channels any anybody who's health conscious to try and get them to push this uh, um, p- petition along um but yes we have to get together definitely
2: <clears throat> and like i mean we're exposing the media constantly you know radio and media like are you getting any exposure from them or is it just from podcast is there anyone that's on the mainstream that's actually giving you some airtime? no no you know, it you just shows see. like you have to kind of go down like the Telegram groups and create the alternatives. You know, which is uh, unbelievable. Um, just the other thing then is, do you know who's actually providing, who's actually supplying the fluoride? Because I'm not sure under the freedom of information that you can actually request that. But I'm just curious because I'd say it's one of their own. Normally, it's kind of like the first cousin of an MP or somebody like that. It's always somebody is that's connected. Mm.
1: Um. Well, we asked the question of the drinking water inspectorate, and they told us, which is very nice of them. So, the um, hexafluorosilicic acid comes in from the Negev desert in Israel, where um, Israel Chemicals Limited have a phosphate fertilizer plan facility. So, we got industrial hazardous waste. Um, it's washed out, scrubbed out of the chimney, and then t- um, tankered over to the Mediterranean coast and then shipped through the Mediterranean, and up through the Bay of Biscay into uh, London, where it's distributed by a company called Industrial Chemicals Group Limited to the five um, fluoridating water companies in England. I can't tell you what's happening in Ireland, um, they've got a different supplier. Now, in, my, in my time, um, there have been three suppliers, Yara International from Finland, um, and then uh, about five years ago, it went to Derivadas del Flor, which is in the Basque Country. And then um, a year and a half ago, it went to Israel Chemicals. Right. So why can't they bury it in the Negev Desert? It's a huge place. You know, why can't they get shot at it? Well, they wouldn't make any money by doing that. And it, it would be sink into the into the desert and hopefully would not um, pollute any watercourses, uh, aquifers, whatever. Um, but there's no money to do that. You know, bury it. Oh, fine. Okay. But uh, it's, we can sell it. Yes, we can't sell it as a waste. So we'll sell it to somebody who wants to use it. Yes. Okay. So they sell it for a very small amount of money. And um, the British government will pick up the tab. And in so doing, instead of... Um, Polluting the Negev Desert, it will pollute every single waterway in England and Wales, whereas a sewage treatment works, because only about nine about 1.3% of the water provided um, by water companies is drunk. And the rest end up in the sewers. And that's 0.5, not 0.5 milligram of fluoride, um, which goes down the rivers. Uh, We don't know whether it goes into the sediment or whether it carries on in the current. And when it goes past the next sewage treatment works, the amount is magnified. And we have actually written to the Environment Agency to ask them to do a risk assessment. It's early days. Still early days.
2: I've seen um, a truck that overturned with fluoride in it and it basically dissolved the road and they had like hazard chemicals, all the suits and everything. And, you know, just to let you know, you're drinking that it doesn't matter that it's a fraction, you know, like, would you, you know, would you put a fraction of cyanide into your body? No, you wouldn't, because you die, but they do it in such a level. You don't die, but it's affecting you.
1: Where, where was the accident? I'm not Which sure. I remember
2: seeing it? the picture. I, I, I'll have to check it again, but I, yeah, I'd be able to dig it out. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I mean, you, said- I, you I see, it <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I saw the picture and I was reading the article on okay. it. But no, we, had, dry... you
1: know, we don't really want to get carried away with the dangerous nature of the uh, acid before it's diluted because that's sort of drawing you away from the fact that um, it's it's a milligram, a millionth of a kilo. It's not a lot, but it's still millions of atoms in that one milligram. And although Absolutely. the British Fluidation Society will say to you, oh, it's one in a million. Yeah, but it's it's millions of millions of atoms in one in a million and, you know, we have to sort of draw their fire, we have to say to them you can't make it look so so puny, because it isn't puny, this stuff is dynamite in your bodies
2: Yeah, listen Joy. thank you very much, I'll pass you on to welcome. Steve
3: All right, I love these conversations uh, so <laughs> I think it's important to make it clear that Fluoride in America—they call it hydrofluorosilic acid—is um, hazardous waste. It's one of the top five most poisonous substances, apparently, on the planet. Um, I don't know if that's true, but uh, it's used in rat poison. Uh, no, no, no we don't.
1: They don't use it anymore as rat poison. But it's yeah. Kind but of I mean, serious.
3: my point is, it's hazardous. If it looks like hazardous waste, smells like hazardous waste, walks like hazardous waste, it's yeah. hazardous waste, and that's pretty much what you know they're and like you said anything manufactured food-wise with water that's fluoridated becomes fluoridated so pasta cheerios um, i mean they did a study on cheerios there's like 10 times the amount of water uh the amount of fluoride in cheerios in concentrated form that you would get uh you know versus just drinking a glass of water and you know the lie is that it it's it's for your for your good, and to prevent cavities. But there's been studies that prove that that's not the case. It's it looks like to me it's used to dumb down the public, and lower IQs, and uh, and cause health issues over time. So this is my theory. But um, I think what Roy was talking about is I think I had sent him a, an article or a, a news clip where um, a fluor- a fluoride truck was going to a municipal water site um, to add the toxic waste to the water, the drinking water, and they had a spill. And it started, it, this is on the news. You can see it on the news. It's actually a, a real news clip. And they they came with hazmat suits to clean it up. So, I mean, I know you know that, but it's like people wouldn't believe that. And, and everyone I've told, they still use fluoridated uh you know fluoride toothpaste but do you know are you familiar with um uh dr dean burke yes okay yeah so i i liked i liked him he worked for the national at for uh, he was the head of a department at the national cancer institute uh, he worked with otto warburg um i mean he said there's if you want to save Hundreds of thousands of lives from cancer just stop fluoridating the water, Um, and of course they called him a quack and a kook and a a nut job. He died in 1988. Um, So I guess you know, what do what's what kind of progress do you make with with these uh, organizations that uh, I feel don't want to address it? That they you know they're they're there to um, you know sweep things under the rug and 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 let the let the hazardous waste and poison be added to the water. Are you making any progress?
1: Well, I think I ought to refer to you to your own country because the CDC and the EPA are dragging their feet. Um, we've taken the EPA to court in California. Uh, we've told they've been told by the plaintiffs that um, the fluoride is damming, uh, damaging the intelligence of children. Um, they, the judge has uh, directed... EPA to start looking at um, a risk assessment um, so that's with a view to uh, declaring that fluoride is a known developmental neurotoxin. Um, the court case has lasted longer than we thought it would. We hoped we'd get a final decision this year um, but unfortunately the EPA is dragging its feet because it can. And um, so we're hoping now we're going to get a decision um, on its toxicity next year. But strangely enough, a few years back, the EPA had a database on the website which actually said that uh, fluoride was a known developmental neurotoxin. But that's since disappeared. Very, very strange. Now, the CDC, the Dental Health Division, is is nowhere in my estimation. It's only two or three people working there and they have basically been bought, sold and stonkered. Um <laughs> in my country, unfortunately, we have. Let's just talk, look at the actors around this the issue. Um, we've got the industrialists, uh, starting with Alcoa in America back in the 1930s, with all this hazardous waste they couldn't get rid of. They, sorry, can you got,
3: explain? Can, sorry to interrupt. Can you explain how fluoride, hydrofluorosilic acid, or hexofluorosilic acid is really the byproduct of aluminum smelting? or maybe other things. And that literally, uh, along with lead, arsenic, cadmium, chromium, mercury, it's all, all these um, things that are used in metal smelting to manufacture aluminum. They're used, there's no regulations, they're put in one bucket, and then tax money p- money is paid to buy this waste from aluminum smelters, maybe other metal smelters, I don't know. But this is where it comes from. Because yes, I mean, in the process,
1: aluminum, aluminum and phosphate fertilizer these days in America, it's mainly phosphate from uh, uh, phosphate fertilizer industrial hazards waste from Florida.
3: Okay, but it's- Alcoa is a big the- aluminium.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's, it's probably still um, there's enough of a market for the waste from the aluminium smelters to be used in fluoridation as well. Um, you have to, I suppose, you start off with the rock, bauxite rock for aluminium and um, fluorapatite ore for uh, phosphate. And all these ores contain very, very low levels of um, heavy metals such as cadmium and arsenic and lead and mercury. Oh yeah, lead as well, definitely. And um, they all get sort of, they're not required in the aluminum and the phosphate fertilizer product. So they all become part of the waste stream. And it, it, it takes a huge amount of land to sequester them and to keep them out of harm's way, and I think in Florida there's a still pond where it melted through um, the 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 bedrock. Well, we say silt, should we say? And the it the, the pond couldn't contain it anymore, so it then fl- flowed into the Gulf of Mexico. Sorry about my geography in this case. It's somewhere around there.
3: Got- I mean, the point is, this is yeah, fluoride no- that's in the food, in the water. Yeah. Yeah, It's what people are. This is so toxic that it burns holes in cement.
1: Oh, yes, it definitely does. That. I agree with you there. Yes. But can't, obviously, when they have um, the biggest storage tanks in the water treatment works, they have to put buns around the tanks just in case there's a, a leakage. And of course, the, um, the metal containers, the storage tanks can't be made of metal because that just melts through the metal. And it's a 20 percent solution in the UK. And that's really nasty stuff you mentioned first of all about hydrofluorosilicic acid it's the same as hexa but the hexa is a neat way of drawing your attention away from the fact there's hydrogen in that acid and we've got a problem with hydrofluoric acid as we know because it's a really nasty nasty corrosive acid and it is present in hexafluorosilicic acid at 1.5 percent um so not many people know that, as it were, but when you have a British standard, uh, which I've got here, um, which tells you everything you need to know, it's primer on. Like the, the title is very, very deceitful because it's not for water treatment.
3: Chemicals used for treatment of water intended for human consumption, hexafluorosilic acid.
1: Right, okay. It's not water treatment, but they they make it look like it is. But we get to the annex at the back, really hidden away, page 19. I have to read this out too, it's a small print. Hexafluorosilicic acid is used for the fluoridation of drinking water to increase the resistance of consumers to dental decay. Bollocks. Yes, but that's the actual medicinal intent.
3: Yeah, but it's a lie. It's a flat oh, out right. And
1: there's a lie. Uh, in fact, it doesn't increase the um, resistance. But that is the statement which we're flying yeah. with. Yep. It's well, exactly. I mean, Matt
3: Hancock, you know, I mean uh, Neil Ferguson can say that sixty million people are gonna die, and that and then then he can change that. So they could say whatever they want.
1: Yeah, that's suppose so. Yeah, But the British Standard has been like that for several years, and I don't think they they will change it. Uh, the other part of the British Standard deals with the actual heavy metals as well as the hydrofluoric acid. Now, can I just take mm-hmm. you to something about, about hydrofluoric acid, because I'm sure. really concerned about it. Where it's 1.5 percent um, and they put 6.3 milligrams of the acid into each litre of water in order to get one milligram of fluoride into each litre of water that's because it's a 20% solution and it's heavier than water so 6.3 so if you multiply 1.5% by 6.3 you end up with point with 0.1 milligrams of hydrofluoric acid which stays in the drinking water it's free so therefore it doesn't dissociate so it goes into your stomach where where if you have a protein meal it reacts with the hydrochloric acid and Bob your uncle, you've got a, um, a r- eroded stomach lining. Now, I don't know the answer to this, but years ago, I remember in the 1970s, my first husband came down with um, a stomach ulcer and it, we didn't know why, but it was just after they have started putting the fluoride into Coventry's tap water in 1979 and he suffered obviously he had all these medicines and and you know they put cameras down and all that sort of thing he's better now he doesn't live in coventry he lives somewhere where there's no fluoride but if if, if hydrofluoric acid is doing that to your stomach and that's one of the first signs of uh, ill health when it comes to fluoride what else is it doing to the rest of your body
3: yeah i mean it's I think it's diabolical. Look at what Dr. Dean Burke said in 1982. He said he worked for the National Cancer Institute. He worked with Otto Warburg, and he studied fluoride. And he said he doesn't know anything that would reduce cancer deaths more than stopping the fluoridation of water Mm -hmm. in 1982. Mm -hmm. So if meaning your husband perhaps had stomach lining, there's cancer issues, there's brain issues. There's cognitive issues. There's uh, intelligence issues. So, uh, I mean, our group and our circles are are convinced that this is this is you know what this is the end goal. This is what they want. Um, it's deliberate. It's it's um, it's you know to to have a less empowered public essentially, and uh, I guess a more controllable public. I'm not saying we need to go down that road, but. Um, You know, so you were talking about hydrofluorosilic acid and its concentrations in fluoride and how dangerous it is. So why don't you continue?
1: Yes, okay. So um, if it's regarded as drinking water um, and the drinking water standards then apply, the arsenic present in one litre of water is 25% of maximum allowable. But when you look at arsenic, and lead's the same, 25%. But if you look at both of those, they should um, follow the ALARP principle, as low as reasonably practicable. Um, and I could, I've got a really good way of keeping them very low by not putting it in the drinking water in the first place. Because water treatment enge- engineers try to give you potable water by removing all the nasties. And they can't completely um, um, succeed, but they do the best they can. And then Mm. the end of the process, when it's treated and ready to be released to the mains, they add back arsenic and lead and antimony and cadmium and chromium and mercury and nickel. They all were present in the original ore used to make phosphate fertilizer. So they can't take the stuff out. It goes into the waste stream with um, hydrogen, which comes from... The sulfuric acid they use to boil the crushed ore to extract the phosphate. Mm. Plus, plus the the scrubbing liquor used to wash the the gases out of the chimneys. And the scrubbing liquor is from still ponds, which contains lots of other horrible things. Um, All in all, it's a dirty, nasty soup. Of c- contaminants, got I mean, to put this? Of course, it's, of course it's going to yeah. cause damage to our health, uh, tw- you know, twenty-four-seven for the rest of our lives. So, it bi- so let's,
3: let's put this in, <clears throat> excuse me, into context. You have a either aluminum or a fertilizer factory. They have drain off still ponds of all the waste chemicals, disgusting uh, residuals, lead, fluoride, cadmium. Mercury, antimony, arsenic—it's in this pond as waste, and this is what's bought from them and added into the water.
1: Yeah. Nobody believes and, me. You do that. And you? thus,
3: <laughs> and thus, it's in the food. It's in your. It's in anything made with water, and it can't be. You can't use a Brita filter and get it out. It doesn't come out that way. It has to be reverse Absolutely. osmosis.
1: Yeah, reverse osmosis or distillation.
3: And if you boil it, you're condensing. You're drinking. You're drinking more. You're drinking higher. If you boil your water that's not filtered, you're, then you have a higher concentration of fluoride in it. Like Roy said,
1: a little, yes, yes, yes.
3: So, and then Dr. Dean Burke said what he did in 1982. So, um, I mean, it should be stopped immediately. Is what we're really coming to a conclusion.
1: We well, did thought you would think so, but of course, about five years ago, uh, a PhD um, student. Uh, did a study on bone cancer uh, in, in relation to fluoride. And she showed that uh, um, young men who'd been brought up in a fluoridated area had a higher chance of coming down with bone cancer than uh, young men who didn't live in a fluoridated area. And that was a, a nice study. Um, but, well, the the numbers of young men who were dying from osteosarcoma were not a huge amount of um, boys. So... Um, it, it did fly for a while, um, hotly disputed, even by the student's own um, um, assessor, because mm-hmm. he said, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring out something um, to disprove what you're saying, but I'm going to go with your study because you know it looks, it's, it's very well performed. Well, that's how she died a death. Osteosarcoma doesn't happen in huge numbers, so it's very really difficult to prove on a population-wide basis that it is happening. I... Mm. I have difficulty with the cancer thing. And I, I think it's a knock on, knock on, knock on effect because you know that fluoride um, disrupts enzymes. And if it disrupts an enzyme, then the whole pathway is disrupted. And it also is a disrupting of the endocrine system. And We certainly know that it has a nasty effect on the thyroid gland. Mm. I can tell you about a story we did in two, um, research in 2014 done by Kent University. <clears throat> they mapped, the, the, the research team mapped the incidence of hypothyroidism against fluoridated areas in England. And the conclusion I came to was that in fluoridated West Midlands, where I come from, there was almost double the amount of hypothyroidism compared to non-fluoridated Greater Manchester. Large con- conglomerations of people in the large populations, almost double but then we looked at England as a whole, it was almost, it was exactly 30% more hypothyroidism in fluoridated England compared to non-fluoridated England. Now, that should have been something to jolt the Department of Health into doing some more research, but they just buried it hmm. because they don't want to find any harm. Hmm. They just don't want to do it because I think the, the other actor, part of the industrialists, are the dental profession because... For whatever reason they have, they don't want uh, fluoridation to die. <laughs> well, you can you can read into what, what you wanted that. There may be many reasons, um, but then you got. And I think that the 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 occurrence of hyperthyroidism is a scandal, it's a scar on on this country, simply because we know that it does damage the thyroid gland. And if I take you to the other end of the continuum, which is hyper thyroidism we go back to 1932 austria where a doctor was trying to cure his patients who had hyperthyroidism their their uh, thyroid glands were being poisoned by too much iodine in the drinking water and the only way he could do it at the time because they didn't have neat little pills he decided he was going to put his patients into warm water baths containing hydrofluoric acid yeah about th- about 30 patients, um, seven baths over 14 months each, they all were cured. Therefore, as far as I'm concerned, fluoride dampens down the thyroid gland. And they were That's okay, they're okay, because um, obviously they kept away from Vienna water with too much iodine in it. That's thereafter. True.
3: Well, wow all right well i could talk a lot more but we're running out of time so i'm going to pass with you to grace thanks joy
1: thank you very much hi grace
4: oh hi let's see oh, okay hey <coughs> joy thank you for being here and thank you for everything that you do so what i'm hearing is that we don't need fluoride and i'm just repeating is for people who are still maybe convinced that they need fluoride we don't need it to make our teeth look beautiful because who doesn't want to have a good teeth right and then we don't need fluoride because it's really poisonous and to the viewers there's really many good articles out there so what I did joy is I reached out to Robert Slovak who is I consider him as my water expert but he's really a world water expert and he sent me articles and one of the best source is from uh other other than your website um you know the website for you is that dr mercola had this whole article and he also sent me some information from nih and joy there were prints prints pages and pages of foods that there's list of foods with fluoride okay so if parents know that and of course in people have been, this has been a movement already for a long time, right? Because I noticed that they have a conference in 217, conference on fluoride. So do you know if you have other upcoming events for, you know, online summit for fluoride, for people to really, you know, get to know more, if they want, if they're still not, if they're still convinced or doubtful that they really need fluoride. And also I heard from you that it it affects, your neuro system, your endocrine system, and it does affect your mitochondria, which is for energy. Now, if we relate it, what's happening now, Joy? Isn't that just a perfect plan again? Because now people are so tired, exhausted, fearful, and so we are continue to, you know, be put down or dumbed down, right? So, what other resources? What your or your 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 organization and other resources that people can reach out?
1: Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, well, the organization which you might not, not know about is the Indus- International Society for Fluoride Research, and they have a journal called Fluoride. and um, it's very strange that a lot of uh, researchers, submit their research to fluoride because they will get a a fair hearing. It won't be edited or anything like that. Uh, The mainstream journals won't touch articles on fluoride, very strange enough, because it's the political agenda not to acknowledge harm. Right, so the ISFR is the the best organisation for research, and they have conferences. Um, You mentioned mitochondria i've just got a few notes here um yeah we know that fluoride is used to potentiate pharmaceutical drugs to get the active substance into cells so you rather like a train with the carriages after it the fluoride is the train the engine and the carriages after it are the active substance so it's they're dragged into the cells and if fluoride hangs around for a long time yes of course it's going to um affect the mitochondria i'm just wondering if that's because the mitochondria are supposed to be um bacteria which used to be bacteria but became part of us eventually i'm just wondering if that's why they are damaged could well be um right um I'm just, i haven't heard of robert slow that before that's really interesting to hear and i've made a note of his name that's good national institute of health um I think, is that the I've got a book here, which is really good. And I'll find it in a second. Yes, here it is. Excuse me, I'm just going to stand up.
4: Yeah, because in that, in that na- hmm. National Institute of Health, they even mention about the damages that it does to the dogs. So, you know, so they did all of that. And you could, one can find that. And it is, they, it's really more 65 times more poisonous than calcium fluoride. Um, yes yeah. just, and you mentioned just, about the cancer so it's linked to cancer and not just bone cancer so for people again who are listening right now just listen if this information is going to you maybe it's time for you to say okay what else can you do in the lack so cuz like for me joy in the last 2 years i up my game i up my game when it comes to water yep i bought my own ro water and they're different for ro water but it's kind of tricky. Don't get too fancy with the RO water because when you get too fancy, you cannot maintain it and it will be more harmful. So, what's recommended is just a, uh, a, a you know, top uh, countertop and a, a certain uh, brand that I know of from Robert Slovak. So, yeah, and then um, you, I, and yes, people have to really be engaged, as you said, Joy. Fa- sign, support the petitions, because as you're working on that, that's the long-term, the, the day-to-day things, right? So I my follow-up question, Joy, is the the biologic dentist, I know all of them knows about not the, the danger of fluoride, and they will never recommend it. Is your organization in touch with organizations mm-hmm. like the organization of holistic but definitely biologic dentists because people have to start going to them as well because then you people will know what does what causes really dental cavities because they think it's just lack of fluoride oh it's beyond that
1: right yes Um, we do have holistic dentists in in Britain um, I must admit I haven't actually contacted them yet. I've got a huge long list of people to, to contact to try and get them to you know come on come on board. Um yeah, uh you're saying about reverse osmosis. I know, I know it's sort of not it's destructed destructured dead water, I understand that. But surely if you add back a little bit of electrolytes to it, it restores it again. I don't I don't think that we can actually sort of um Damn reverse well, I know there are other other water filters coming on board at the moment um, most people seem to prefer the distiller though because that actually gives you steamed water
4: right yeah. it, it just says that so if it's an RO use a tankless RO system with a compressor and if it's the distillation the problem with the distillation is also pulls out the beneficial minerals however it says Bone char filters and biochar is always uh, recommended. So these articles are like the one that I have right now is from Dr. Mercola. And I know like, you know, there are other information there out as well. Now, there's no fear if there's the it's pulling away it's like some minerals because they're also good water. That's like the Kinton plasma, which is a pure seawater. And that's been hundreds of years of study of that, that's really helpful. So I guess people really have to study what really causes if, yes, I, I think most people say fluoride because they want for their teeth. So now people has to really study. It goes beyond more than what we drink or because definitely it's not the fluoride is not the answer for your teeth. It's not even brushing too much or flossing so much Mm because I did that a lot. And I went to the dentist and they said, you're not flossing. You said, I do, I do. But during that time, my GI system was not strong. So it's creating Mm -hmm. that kind of reverse effect on my teeth. So I think it would be so good if your organization could hook up and coordinate and collaborate with that. Because I learned a lot more from this from my from dentists and uh, dental assistants who even do energy medicine.
1: Okay, Okay, that's lovely, yes, yeah. Well, what am I supposed to say? Um, (sighs) um, When it comes to uh, water which is filtered, we have to take into account the fact that many, many people can't afford sophisticated uh, filtration systems. I mean, the people I've been talking to recently, Um, have had to save up a hundred pounds for their distiller and even then it's going to use electricity i um the alternative is bottled water but then that's very bad for the planet i agree with that and there's a huge amount of uh, water miles involved with bringing in my case uh, water down from scotland which is very very good water um heavy five liter bottles it's there's no easy answer, Grace, I'm afraid. I know. You, know, we, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you have to do the best you can for you. Having, and, and if the water's not disagreeing with you, then yeah. continue with it. Um, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's really bad news. What I want to say here is this. Why on earth should we have to do this mm-hmm. just because I've put toxin in the drinking water? We should fight that as much as we can. And the best thing we can do at the moment is to basically withhold our water charges. And um, I'm do, I've am i been doing that for two years um mm. I, I pay my sewage charge but i do not pay for the drinking water because it's not drinking water and mm. uh, yeah I, i'm getting away with it and if they take me to court the judge will say well you're being <laughs> mistaken, reasonable because you're you're um you're, you're paying for something which is a service to take the sewage away from your house and the and the, and the overflow water from the rain uh, you, you're just being reasonable so i can't you know as far as i can see they will not the judge will not say you're being unreasonable." Um, the trouble is, we're not going to be taken to court because the water companies don't want the publicity. In this country, they have to put the stuff in the drinking water. They have no choice. It's, it's legislation that says you will do it. And if they don't do it, they stand to lose their license to supply water uh, or medicine in this case. Um, so I'm not, I'm not fearful about being taken to court, although I would like to be taken to court. Because I can make, well, it could be a precedence, as long as it's a high court, as long as it's not magistrate's court or anything like that. (laughs) So that's what we're doing here. I mean, we are encouraging people, if they're fluoridated, to stop paying half their water charges. And that's, yeah, it's quite empowering. You know, after the first year and you're a bit worried, you get away with it. Oh, okay. well, next year you get the double amount on your bill. But hey, go away. Let's just pay for the sewerage. (laughs) Actually, I keep saying that's all the water's fit for is the sewage. Yeah, thank you. And we really
4: appreciate your presence. And the bottom line is it always goes down to free choice, free will. We're not trying to impose to any of you that you should do all of this. If you don't believe it, it's fine. It's your body. It's your health. So thank you so much um, for being here thank you yeah
0: joy thanks very much for uh coming on this evening and um is there any final last words you just like to leave us out on or basically where people can even find your website and find you know keep up with the work and stuff that you're doing as well
1: okay um that's the petition anybody are you are you double in in england chris yes yes okay right so if you got followers that's the petition petition
0: on the parliament website against water fluoridation all right no worries we leave in the links and stuff below as well
1: okay Perfect. and my uh, my website is www.uk dot that's a uk freedom from fluoride um alliance um but we're transitioning to fluoride free alliance uk to fit in with all our uh our friends in other parts of the world we can we can do this it's going to be too blooming expensive for the government to spend money on i think it's 1180 water treatment works to put the um the capital equipment in which is about 400000 pounds each time it's going to be far too expensive. I won't be able to do it in, in one go, of course. And they'll probably run out of steel before they're finished. <laughs> no, I mean, run out of electronic gauges before they're finished. Because um, so I, I, I think people are thinking, well, we are threatened, but it may not happen. But we can't accept. Or we can't um, go along with that. Just in case we're caught napping
0: yeah no we got to fight these tyrants every every corner every chance we get um so yeah yeah, good good on you for not paying the the water charges you know water is a god-given right nobody should be paying for water anyway. good bad or indifferent um as simple Mm. as that um that's my take on that but um yeah thanks again joy for uh coming on this evening and uh yeah keep up the good work 17 18 plus years later so hopefully there'll be another (laughs) that much again in it so keep, keep chugging on and give get us the positive news and hopefully those numbers will rise and rise and rise and getting the awareness out there so thanks again
1: thank you very much all of you bye thank you bye